So let's look a bit uh, at the, the competing processes, these processes which compete for your attention in the emergence of stable attention. So the emergence of uh, what is important in the emergence of stable attention <coughs> that we also need to strengthen our capacity for introspective awareness. So you take that, what you want to pay attention to, into the foreground, but you leave also enough space and a lot enough energy so that you, with introspective awareness, you are aware what else is happening. So what are you doing with what else is happening? You let it come, you let it be, you let it go. So you keep on engaging with, let's take the breath as, uh, now as the example. You keep on engaging with the breath, but not like this. Yeah? So you are aware what else is happening, what emerges from the subconscious, what is coming in through the senses, so all that has space, and all that you allow to happen. So don't think of meditation as something which starts to exclude things. Yeah? So you let it come, you let it be, you let it go. But you keep engaging the breath. So let's look at one of the common processes which compete for your attention. One of them is discomfort, pain, physical pain. have uh, three options there or three you know, three ways to to move uh, with uh, with with that competing process and it's unavoidable it's unavoidable there will be discomfort So the first possibility is that you increase your tolerance, <coughs> you, what is called equanimity. So you let the pain be, you let it come, you let it be, you let it go. But you don't engage it, you don't suppress it, you don't try to fix it, you let it be, you relax. So for that, so for that, you need to be interested in that, and you become interested in that when you s really start to see that suffering comes from resistance to pain. This is uh, this is very important. If you have not understood that, you will always try to get rid of the pain or try to fix it. And this is exactly what creates suffering, that you try to get rid of the pain, that you made it, make a problem out of it, that you somehow feel you deserve to be free of discomfort. You shouldn't be in discomfort. And you expect meditation to be a method of getting rid of discomfort. So this is something you know we need to explore in our own experience how we are the creator of our suffering through the way we relate to pain and pain is not optional Suffering is optional 
So, as long as it is reasonable, you, you increase your equanimity towards pain. You let it be. Kind of you ignore it, but not, not in an expressive way. You, you don't engage it. You give it some mental energy through introspective awareness. So you are aware of it. It is there. But you don't put it onto the stage. You know, the, the pain is, uh, is, is just some, some energy, is some, like some, you know, it is kind of a, a bit contracted <coughs> energy. It's not a problem. You know, to increase your tolerance towards pain is so important. I see that with my mother now. She has almost zero tolerance towards pain. And she really feels it's a problem. And this is very, very difficult. And it's too late to do something. So the only option she has is to, uh, uh, to uh, numb it. And unfortunately, there is no any medication where, where you can just numb the pain. If you numb, you numb everything. So this is also now, I mean, uh, now in our daily life, it's really a, 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 a wonderful resource uh, to increase your equanimity towards pain. So this is something, you know, you can, uh, you know, you can... You can be happy about, like I mean, it does not feel nice, of course, but it is. You can be happy about. Wow, yeah, I'm learning to, to, to. I'm learning to be relaxed with pain. And this will become very handy, in sickness, in you know, in, in. So. The. So that's the first option. The second option is you make the pain the support of your meditation. So you let go of the breath, or you partly, and you know, it's, it's quite good to kind of have a combination. So let's say, so you have pain on this, uh, you have the breath on the stage, but then you invite the pain with it. You bring the pain with it onto the stage. So you have the breath and the pain on the stage. Thich Nathan calls that breathing into the pain. Breathing with the pain. So then that pain, which uh, let's say was too, too intensive or too much uh, to uh, ignore it becomes a support in your meditation and you become curious about the pain and this is actually also very valuable because it is this when you put the pain onto the stage together with the breath and together with seva or with seva yeah? so that's the foundation uh, that you actually start to uh, to get to know how you create suffering. You will have moments where you see, wow, this is this is this is energy. It's actually in the nature of bliss. It's actually what happens if I only for a split of sec a split a split of a second drop all words, drop all concepts, drop all stories. What is it then? Yeah. And this might be only like, wow, a glimpse, like one second. But of course, this is really a breakthrough. Because if it's possible for one second, it's also possible for two seconds. It's also possible for three seconds.
So then the third option is, the third move is uh, that you change your position, that you do something, <coughs> that you lie down, that you sit on a chair. But you do it mindfully, you do it consciously. So we need to do this in a balanced way. Because the, the same is the same process would be true for emotional pain. Yeah? So uh, no, in a retreat when your mind stabilizes a bit and there's more space you know, <coughs> subconscious feelings, subconscious conditioning subconscious processes they start to emerge you might for example yesterday I talked about the feeling of isolation you know, maybe triggered through silence you feel alone, <coughs> and you start you start to see. Oh, this is a, this is something I know. I know from my family. I know from my from my past. <coughs> it is something which emerges, and uh, and here in this retreat, I have the possibility to embrace it and to be with it and to nurture it with seva and attention. I can. I can love it to death. So, and it could be it could be also sadness. So, there has been losses in your life, and it's very probably uh, it's it's very possible that when that happened. You didn't have the space to feel all your feelings. I mean, it could have been. It, it would. It was maybe the most wisest thing you, to do in that moment, <coughs> because you didn't have the capacity, you didn't have the resources, you didn't have the support to feel all your feelings. So uh, there's grief, unexpressed, unfelt grief, which. <coughs> might emerge in, in a retreat and, and can be felt and can be dissolved and seen and lived through. So I say we need to do this in a balanced way because if you find yourself stuck either with a chronic pain no, it's something like which is just not moving. I mean, it's important that we do this practice not to make things move because that will create a kind of subtle resistance. Yeah, so, but uh, if it's not moving, let's say you find yourself in the, in the experience of isolation and it's just getting worse and worse because in a retreat and sitting here, things get magnified. Yeah, so, so they get magnified they, you know, and you can find yourself instead of making things move making uh, and starting a process of healing you actually you know, what you would call in, the, in psychological language you would re-traumatize yourself instead of this becoming a healing process being with isolation it becomes more and more the way you feel so day by day you feel more isolated because it be gets magnified and you kind of you meditate on isolation and it becomes more and more real and it's on the it's on the stage and then it might happen that you leave the retreat and no healing has happened you feel actually worse after the retreat and you bring it into your daily life and nothing changes so the same can happen with a, with a chronic pain. Also, if you put the chronic pain onto the stage and that's what is there, then your nervous system 
learns to be in pain and nothing changes. So that's why sometimes you know, this format of silent retreat for some people, I mean, it's, it's not the majority, but for some people it's not a good format because there's this danger of getting stuck and then you don't have anyone to talk to. You don't have any, you, know, you, you don't, and you might even feel, yeah, everyone says I have to sit with my pain and just notice and be with it. And this is not the instruction you, you, you need at that moment. Yeah. So that's why I say in the beginning of the retreat, so if you feel stuck with some, some, something, talk with someone, or you know, uh, go to the sauna, jump into the lake, go run, uh, space out when you're sitting here, yeah? uh, move to uh, uh, parts of your body where which is are not in pain, listen, yeah. So everything which uh, uh, which uh, helps you to uh, take away this, which when we do it in a balanced way. It's healthy to put on the stage anything which helps you to, you know, put it down. You know. So there's other things on the stage. And there's always other things. And for that, uh, conversation and exchange uh, it can be so helpful. And for some of the things we are working with, uh, uh, this is... Uh, is it, this is the best option. There's things where it's possible. I mean, theoretically, of course, it's possible to dissolve and heal these things on the cushion as well. But it might take a long time. And uh, it might get worse and worse and worse until you, know, you have a kind of breakdown. Or so... Not only you need to learn to be in a loving way with your own experience, also dare to get in dialogue and conversation with other people. Not here, yeah? unless, as I said, you feel stuck with something. <coughs> So there's other. So the, the this is one, 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 one process you know, to work with uh, physical pain, discomfort, emotional discomfort, physical discomfort. You know, temperature. You know, whatever, sleepiness. Uh, all of that. I mean, we have the antidote. The antidote is seva. Seva is the ultimate medicine. But sometimes, uh, it, with the feeling of isolation, for example, you can get so stuck that it is th that you that you actually need another person, you know, who says, "Oh, yeah, I'm so sorry. I can understand this, and yeah, let's talk about it." And then, and then you bring that out, and and you share it, and you carry it together with someone. And and that. So you, and that, you know, and that makes uh, things move, because the space, in which, your pain is embraced becomes bigger, when you share it with another person. You don't need to do it alone. So there is uh, uh, another competing process is fantasies. 
So, and again, introspective awareness, peripheral awareness, you're aware of these fantasies, but you don't engage them. For that, you need to you need to see that what you are seeking, or contentment, fulfillment, being whole, no fantasy, no story, no thinking will bring you that. No fantasies are like no like sugar, like, you know, you have a nice little experience, but it's not nurturing. There's no meat in it. And you need to see that. Kind of, you need to get a bit bored with sugar. I don't want to have sugar anymore. I want to have the real thing. I want to have real food. So, and that makes it possible if you have uh, increased the power of introspective awareness, you see it coming. You see it coming, you let it be, you let it go, you stay engaged with the breath. <coughs> the same is true with uh, anxious thinking. Catastrophic, catastrophic thinking, planning, you know, preparing, preparing for a difficult situation you might find yourself next week. Thinking, you can prepare yourself, and it's important to prepare yourself to find solutions on a conceptual level. So. There's different options how you can increase your disinterest into this. You increase your disinterest. You, uh, you, you stop to uh, put fire on those fantasies, on, on, onto this thinking. So one thing is, you are not even know if you are alive next week. You, it could it's it could be that you will not be there for that problem. It will be definitely it will be different. Things are always different than in our fantasies. You know this kind of catastrophic thinking, how horrible it will be if you find yourself in this situation. You will you will realize you will see. Yeah, it's difficult, but it's workable. I so I'm surviving here. I'm managing. I can. I mean, I have. I have dealt with other situations like that. I have worked with different difficult things in my life, and here I am. And then, <clears throat> the best preparation for a future situation is to be here with Seva. That's the best preparation. Best preparation is to be here. Because if you are here with Seva, you increase the possibility, you increase the probability to be with Seva then. So they are the sticky stories, you know, Good stories, you know, magnificent stories, spiritual stories. Uh, and sometimes they increase in intensity and in magnificent and in brilliance. Because uh, if your mind settles and there's some, some stable attention emerging, your mind will become more creative. You will be more, you know, your capacity of thinking things through will increase. And you will get fascinated by it. 
wow, yeah, now I understand it. Now, now I know. Yeah? And, and this kind of experience starts to increase because the clutter in your mind kind of goes a bit away. So, and this kind of creative, spiritual, wonderful, magnificent kind of thinking, uh, you know, will start to compete with your attention. So as long as you can let it come, let it be, let it go, you do that. You just keep on engaging the, the breath. But there's also the other option. You put it with the breath on the stage and let's say uh, a romantic fantasy. You put it with the breath on the stage for a while, you drop the story and you bring your attention to the uplifted energy in your body. You know what I mean? Let's say you are in love. So you bring that person onto the stage together with the breath. You drop the... Per and this will lift you up. It will... You know, you will you know, probably your posture changes. You get like cheeks. You, know, you, you become more alive. Eros starts to fill your body. So, and then you drop it. And then you, with that Eros, with that uplifted energy, you engage the breath. Well, this is a bit of a tantric method. That's what you learn in Tantra. In Tantra you learn methods to increase eros in your body and then use that uplifted heart-mind-body to engage the breath or uh, where we go we will go there more and more you engage pure awareness you engage emptiness with that uplifted with that uplifted body heart mind so if you invite a, a, a positive fantasy onto the stage see if you don't stay there like longer than five minutes yeah? so and then you drop. The same could be with um, a, 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 a catastrophic fantasy. Mm. So you invite it on the stage, you stay with it, and you ask yourself, where is this in the body? You drop the story, you breathe into the... into the... into the somatic into the uh, visceral aspect of that sticky story. Okay. So now, what I just said, everything I said, until this moment, from a direct path point of view, is bullshit. If you have not understood what I said, don't worry. I, I, will, I, will, I will go. I will go there more. I just for those people who know what I mean. So just to clarify, because it's like. Huh? Suddenly there's work to do, or suddenly I should stable attention, but you know, for what? You know, I'm already there. I mean, where should I go? It's all empty already. What is this thing of manipulating my mind? For what? It's all radiance of Rigpa, it's all radiance of Buddha mind. What's the difference between stable attention and distracted and sleepiness? It's all spirit. It's all the one. There's only one thing happening, and that's you. Why would you prefer stable attention towards distraction or sleepiness or feeling good? It all has one taste. It's all already empty, and there's nobody experiencing it anyway. 
So those, those who have understood what I just said, um, it wouldn't harm to have stable attention. You, know? <laughs> you can still go along with this. You know? I mean, there's time to fill and you know things to do, and you can. You know? And there seems to be a, a time-tested benefit in stable attention. And those who have not understood what I meant with the direct path view, you also develop stable attention because that will help you to understand what I just said. Definitely. So, in both cases, it's helpful to, <laughs> to develop stable attention. From the direct path view, it can help you to take the, thing, the whole thing not serious. Yes, you do it, okay. Stable attention is empty, distracting, distracting is empty, okay, pain is empty, feeling good is empty. So, yeah, I can do it. And probably it will help me to be able to rest as awareness in a more stable and continuous way. Not sure, but probably. Okay, so that's it. That was the pep talk for today. <laughs> the most important thing is seva and relaxation. So, don't lock yourself into a solid position. Keep your position alive and flexible throughout the sitting, play a bit with it. If you, noted if you notice rigidity in your posture, you know, kind of allow subtle movements. And there's no point, there's no particular point where we start the sitting. It's like a, just a sliding. Mm, not much happens. So it's more a process of letting go, letting go, the, letting go of meditation, letting go of doing. Like a leaf falling down onto a lake, and then. This leaf is following naturally the movements of the water. The same way you drop from the head into the body, you slide into the body, you feel the liveness in the whole body. Appreciating what you bring with you into this moment. allowing <clears throat> and then without any effort the breath appears on the stage and you start your dance <coughs> while there is enough mental energy to be aware of the competing processes. No 
notice where the breath is nurturing you, the aliveness in the breath. Let go of the sense that you are sitting in your head watching the breath, but rest in the breath, become the breath. from the direct path view, all this I empty appearances and awareness, radiance of Buddha mind. And you keep engaging, engaging the breath. If you notice that you grasp, tension is building up, with the out-breath you open the fist of grasping. of the breath too small. We'll keep it curious and alive. The breath is a rather unpleasant object for you. You can notice the aliveness in your feet or the aliveness in your hands. And of course there's always the stillness. As soon as you notice that you don't engage the breath anymore, this is a moment of success. And lovingly, gently, with seva, with curiosity, you engage the breath again.
belly soft, shoulders soft, face soft. Notice the breath from inside, bear where it is happening, not from above, from the head.
repeating processes. You let it come, you let it be, you let it go. as if you are in love with it. yourself. Feel something in the breath we have not felt before.
what is on the stage for you. And what competing processes are there. stage what is happening on the stage that's the competing processes but isn't there also the space within which all this is happening background boundaryless and centerless is aware of thoughts, of the eye, of the breath, of the sounds. That within which everything comes and goes. surrounding and pervading what is happening on the stage.
So one of the major ways how in the Theravada tradition stable attention is uh, cultivated is the walking meditation. So it is good if we let go of this idea that meditation is sitting. That's of course since we're moving a lot throughout our daily life. It's very good to broaden your idea of where meditation can happen and how it looks like from the outside. So one way uh, to cultivate stable attention with the walking meditation is to uh, engage in the sensation in your feet, touching the earth, you know, the movement, the lifting of the, of the foot, and then the setting down of the foot, and the sensation of the touch. Yeah. So you do the same as with the breathing meditation. You put that into the center, you engage with it, but you're also aware of the competing processes. Yeah. You let them come, you let them go. Neither suppressing them, nor engaging in them. You engage with the sensation in your feet. What helps you to engage with the sensation in your feet is the intention to do so, and curiosity, appreciation, gratitude, love. That helps you to engage. It never works to use force. You're not going to bring anything for longer onto the stage through force. You can do it only with love. Because force will squeeze, force will um, create resistance. Force will make the competing processes stronger. They will, they will shout louder and louder. So, of course, also in the walking meditation, there's the possibility to, uh, to shift uh, what you put on the stage, or the, the feeling of the wind on your skin, the smell, listening to the birds, uh, standing in the sun and, and feeling the warmth. So it's not that you have to stick to this one thing, but don't jump too quick. Yeah? So you do it, you, you do it uh, gently, you do it, uh, you do it mindfully. And then you might find out uh, wow, my favorite thing on the stage during walking meditation is actually not the sensation in the feet. Yeah, Stefan might be interested in it, in it, but you know, I don't, I don't care about the <laughs> sensation in my feet. You know, but I like to listen to the birds. And that's something I, I take onto my stage, and that's something where it is easy for me to engage with. So it's up to you. I mean, you you are you need to become your own meditation teacher, because I I, I don't know your preferences. I can I know my own preferences, and uh, if I would be a stupid meditation teacher, I would try to convince you that that is the best object. But then I would, uh, you know, I would. Um, I would just increase the struggle within you. You would try to bring something onto the stage which is not the most interesting thing for, for you to be engaged in. So play around, be curious. And uh, within uh, this 20 minutes, no, it could be that you kind of, you a few minutes you do the the uh, touching the earth and then you stand and you just 
for a few minutes you just uh, smell or you hear so you 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 dance along it's like it's it's like a dance where you are allowed to shift the partner and then you dance so the dance is a good uh, uh, metaphor here because when you dance with someone like in a room yes peripheral awareness is necessary to do the dance because you also need to be aware of the other couples so that you don't bump into them you also need to be aware of the music otherwise you wouldn't be able to dance so peripheral awareness is there but of course you need to be in contact with your partner otherwise you will step on his feet or you will you will not enjoy the dance you will not be present for the partner so this is this is a trap some people go into that they feel when they dance the only thing they need to focus on is the partner yeah so you keep your mind relaxed you keep your mind open peripheral awareness you let it come you let it go and you're you you are aware of whom you are dancing with so from the direct point of view direct path point of view this is all bullshit this is all one nothing happens you can't get closer to this you can't get away from it you're always there this is it you can stabilize your attention for forever you're not going you you're not getting closer to this how can i get closer <laughs> to this how can i get closer to this maybe i try here maybe then i'm closer to this maybe i try here and then i'm closer to this okay let's try to get closer to this